0: Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here. It's wonderful to have your company today for episode...
2: Two, two, eight.
0: This week on Toy Power, we've got a very special guest that we're going to talk all things toys about. So I can't wait for that discussion. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Uh, hi, hi, And Darren. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And joining us all the way from the United States of America, Chris, also known as webstore83 chris
3: welcome to toy power hi thanks so much for having me it's great to be here
0: it is wonderful to finally meet you yeah. in person and chat you've had the 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 tour of frank AK aka the frank <laughs> frank museum um but we've known you for so long now on the patreon page so it is so wonderful to to be able to chat in person and to get you on the
3: show yeah i agree it's it's been wonderful getting to know you guys through both the podcast and discord so this is a thrill to, to talk in real time yes. Yeah, definitely
1: to put a uh, sort of face to a name so to speak so yeah it's awesome Perfect. and you can't escape the toy power
0: baptism with the questions that are in the in you know going back in the time machine to when you were sort of 10 years old or as we always start off what was your favorite film uh, back in the day
3: so I actually had to think about this a little bit uh, because I was thinking about um, whether or not I was watching films mostly on on the VCR or actually in the theater. Mm. Um, and, and I got to admit, I probably didn't have the best taste at the time, because uh, <laughs> probably the Police Academy series. Oh, uh, yes, and, nice. oh. <laughs> and Over and over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for theater movies, I actually looked it up today. And probably it would have been either tie between um, the latest James Bond movie, which would have been not one of the most famous ones, The Living Daylights. Yep, Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton. Yep. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, oh yes, I Elizabeth know that
2: movie. Yes. I haven't seen that. It's
3: been it's a so... long time, yep. but yep, I remember that movie.
2: Yeah,
4: Elizabeth Shue and the little girl that's got, got the thing for Thor. Yep. You know. yeah, very cool. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I, I, I was a huge, as a kid, like as probably, you know, six, seven, that age, mm. hugely into the police academy films and i think i was horrified like looking them as a as a like a bit older self and going this is really not appropriate for children like some, some of it's the quite content, problematic yeah. yeah but like i mean as as a kid you just that stuff goes over your yeah. head anyway right yep. So yeah
4: and we turned out fine yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, You start a podcast about toys. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs>
5: all right. Speaking of toys, Chris, we're now talking about your what was in your toy box as a 10-year-old you. What was your favorite toy? Oh, that's easy.
3: Yeah, it was Masters of the Universe all the way. No. You know, <laughs> the the, by, by that point, which would have been, I'm, I'm revealing how old I am here. I, eight, so I would have been 10 and 87. The line was dwindling, yep. but um, but I was still there anxiously trying to find the powers of scale toys that never came out but you know so uh but yeah it was still a huge part of of my life at that point
0: and, and how exciting is it for you you know all this you talk about powers of grayscale, and we know what super seven did and i, I think when they had the license to do the retro 5.5 inch figures the most requested figures from them from the fans were those and hero and elder figures how excited were you to, like, the, the, the challenge of seeing them on the back of cards, knowing they were meant to be out there, and then finally, you know, sort of like 35 years later, getting them in your hands?
3: Oh, it was, it was a dream come true. In fact, it's really kind of what brought me back into Toy Collect, uh, was when I realized that even before Super 7, that Classics was going to start doing some of the toys that would have been. And thought, okay, wait a second. And in fact, I even made a deal with myself initially because I knew that if I went too far down the rabbit hole, it would kind of turn into what it has turned into, which is, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right?
3: My original deal with myself was, I'm only going to buy the toys that were unreleased. Right? And uh, of course, once you bought one or two, it was like, oh no, I'm all in on classics.
4: Yep, you know? yep. So- so you read yeah. that too. <laughs> These yeah. are great. Making yeah. deals with yourself are
0: fantastic because you can rewrite the contract Absolutely. so easily.
3: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I have... I've been hearing that, Trent. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it seems it. like
3: there's there's a new addendum to that contract it, every week. It's called <laughs>
0: it's called the T start. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's yeah. foot to the floor. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. I, I will not be happy until I get a gigantosaur.
2: Yep. I, oh wow. That's
3: the one. I, yeah. I know it's probably never going to happen, but I figure if I ever win the lottery, the first thing I'll do is commission one. Yeah, yeah. I, I look, and that's the
0: thing. I reckon that's one way to get one, mm. is a yes. custom. And, and there's a, uh, a Brontosaurus from Dino Riders that I think it would make a very good stand-in for that mold. So, mm. yeah, it can be done, Chris. You can, you can definitely <laughs> tick that off the wish list at some stage. Yes,
3: exactly.
1: All right, Chris, so uh, surprise question. Would you rather she Princess of Power... Or Golden Girls and the Guardians of the
3: Gemstones. Oh boy! <laughs> of course, that's coming from you, Ben. So I already know you're probably more on on the, the Golden Girls side, aren't
1: you? <laughs> I look, did a little bit of uh, Instagram uh, stalking, and I saw there was a um, you, you know, know a, a clear special <laughs> in there. So. Yeah,
3: that was only about about the horses, but... right? Oh, there you go. Oh well, you know, well, well I will. The, the Golden Girls is actually, as an adult, I think um, I appreciate what they were doing more. Uh, I think that they actually were were really way ahead of their time. Um, but, but the connection of, of She-Ra to Masters, I, I have to stick with She-Ra probably, um, just on that level. But toy-wise, you know, I actually thought that, that they did some pretty amazing things um, with the Golden Girls line. Those horses with the light-up eyes are amazing the play set blows me away to this day. I think it's way better than the Crystal Castle or Crystal Falls. Yep. No offense yep. to those. I guess I shouldn't be throwing shade at those, but <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm all about the, the Golden Girls play set.
1: The, the Golden Girls are more barbaric, I think. They fit yes. better in the, uh, you know, sword and sorcery line with He-Man than She-Ra is a bit too uh, Barbie dollish when, you know, in comparison, in my opinion... They, uh, yeah, so that's sort of where they I went. They
4: both skew between action figures and dolls, but each one, I think, ha- um, skews towards one more than the other and in the opposite direction. The yeah. Golden Girls are those figures. The Shearer, definitely. While they, they you know, sit in between action figures and dolls, they're clearly closer to dolls than
1: yeah, 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 only, yeah,
5: only one of them came with combs for the hair
2: though
1: right? no they no no oh, they ah golden, both uh, yeah, did? Uh, oh, golden girls came with an eagle comb <laughs> an eagle.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah
1: see there you go that's more action factor yeah. <laughs> there you go. But,
4: I mean
0: I've recently got the uh the Dan early pixel Dan um guide to the toys mm. and and it includes a section on Shearer, which you know I I picked up this guide thinking I'm gonna know pretty much everything that's in here but what I was blown away with with Sheeran was, you know, I knew all the the figures, but the fabulous fashion, the fantastic, right, fantastic fashions, them, yeah. right. I didn't realize how deep that went and how how much those outfits kind of changed the look or embellished the look of the characters and almost to create kind of new looks, new characters. Um, so I was I was impressed by that. Yep. That that was you know such a big part of that line, that mm. kind of you know dress up.
4: Well, it was a lot sixteen. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah, Two waves. Yeah. Mm. Golden Girl did it as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was more powerful. (laughs) That's it. That's it. (laughs) All right. So we might move on to the main topic. So, uh, you know, we're going to get to know you and what you're passionate about. So we'll kick it off with, the, um, we're getting the feeling that you're a bit of a super collector, right? You know, just from our uh, our thoughts and processes of your Instagram chatter and things. What do you actually collect? Like, you know, we know you collect masters and things, but what? tell us what else you uh, dabble in, so to speak.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, probably not a super collector to compared to you guys, but but definitely starting to go in that direction um so so i started collecting toys again seriously about seven years ago um and uh and like i said it started off very small but now it would be the two biggest lines that i focus in on obviously your masters and turtles um but beyond that uh i've got a decent collection of thundercats Silverhawks, hawks uh bravestar you name it actually 80s toys at this point i don't <laughs> think there's a line other than Star Wars that I don't do. And right. the only reason I do Star Wars is I know that, Yeah, it's too much. It's too deep.
1: And is that yeah. mainly vintage stuff or you collect everything modern or just whatever? Uh,
3: it, it depends. Yeah, well, well it's it's kind of hard to say no to some of these modern reinterpretations of the, the 80s lines. So I'm on, on board with almost all of them uh, at the modern level at this point. And then the rest of it, it's vintage. Actually, I just finished um, a vintage line for the uh, for the first time last week. I finished uh, um, my Bucky O'Hare. I oh, yes. Nice. One nice. figure, yeah. Yep, um, which was Dead Eye Duck, and I finally found him. And uh, so that was sort of exciting. I've actually gotten uh, sort of, and I think, Trent, it's probably your fault. Um, <laughs> because you, know, you were, I believe you were the one that said, I'm going to just do all the counter toys. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it's it, picking yeah. picking lines like going, you know what, I'm gonna collect eighties toys. Yeah, that's that's where it gets very dangerous. <laughs> yes. Yes.
3: Yeah. But but I was a big fan when I was a kid of real Ghostbusters. Yes. yes. And so and because I thought that they were the one that after Masters ended, really took on the gimmick side and kept running with it with theirs. And so I, I started to to dabble back into to real Ghostbusters and then that opened the door to police academy swamp thing etc 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 all the other Kenner ones and so I'm I'm just definitely pretty far into those lines as well
0: yeah that's fantastic yeah they, I mean like I've got such fond memories of those toys like when you talk police academy and real ghostbusters and we we, we often talk about John Martins on the show um but I have so many memories and I reckon my mom would go into John Martins or a store here called Harris Scarf and find whatever was kind of like Clearanced on Mm. sale and like I just get like random stuff that I never really even knew about because it was probably like the cheap toy of the time like I had this the police academy I had Zed right I got him for Christmas and he comes on a like a police skateboard with flashing sirens you press a button on his back and his pants fall down (laughs) <laughs> revealing like love heart boxer shorts and it's just like it's the r- most random toy but like like you said chris the gimmicks on those the gimmicks on real ghostbusters are insane like i had, I had a, it's the weirdest figure to think about i was thinking about it the other day um i had mr sleaze right from from police academy he's mm. a villain and he he basically his act he's like a sleazy guy mm. like you think Leisure Lez- stute larry <laughs> kind of he's that yeah, right. kind of guy right yeah and His action feature, I kid you not, is that when you squeeze his legs together, his hands go up in the air, like, uh, you know, I'm under under arrest. He's got a a poodle that when his arms go up in the air, it lifts off the fact that this poodle is not really a poodle and it's a mutt. So the poodle cover comes off and and then like his tie lifts up. And he's got like a gun underneath that shoots out like a gas, like, like a sleeping gas to like, I don't know, like a
5: rohypnol kind of, kind of, it's like the weirdest figure to give a kid. I thought you were going to say you squeeze his leg and something else pointed out. <laughs> I was, I was it's,
4: really hoping it's that was going to go there. Right, and, but... and ladies and gentlemen, that is why Kenner is no longer with <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey it. But, but like, I, okay, that one's maybe inappropriate,
0: but. But the concept of what they were going for in features is just—it's next yeah. level, right? Yeah. Like in a wacky,
5: cartoonish way. All right, Chris. So with with a such a wide variety, I think you you've named a dozen lines there that all of us just went yes tick yes tick. With a collection that big, how do you display it, or are they stored away in tubs? What does your what's your
3: man cave look like? Well, I'm really lucky. My man cave consists of, of at this point four rooms. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. That's a yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I started off with, 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 well, you could literally argue that we moved um, out to, to the suburbs so we could get a house so we could store the toys <laughs> <laughs> it was that extreme at one point. Um, but, but yeah, I would say that uh, I try with, with the, um, I've got a room that which we nicknamed Maternia, which is a spare bedroom. Um, and in that, uh, I've got all the vintage stuff from my childhood still. And so that's all out of the, of the package and that's displayed in an action scene. But for the most part, the rest of, of the toys that I've been collecting since both vintage and modern, I don't open too many of them. Um, I have a hard time opening them. Um, and I think Trent, you can, can relate to that. I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I try to make them, you know, sort of almost, I guess, into sort of wallpaper, you know, in some ways yep. and, uh, Yeah, just have a lot of fun with them. Actually, I could store a lot more toys if I did it better. I actually um, do a lot of collections of merchandise and animation art that go along with them. And um, framed animation cells look beautiful, I think. But they take up a huge amount of wall space, which means you can't put shelves. (laughs) You know, I've got some old IKEA furniture that has, you know, uh, classic figures that are six deep. And every now and then you'll go in and just sort of switch them out so there's a different one actually facing out so a lot of it's quasi storage i guess
0: yeah no very good hey um one thing we always get really envious about living down here at the at the end of the world where nothing is close (laughs) is when we see all the conventions and shows and and wonderful events chris i think you might have even mentioned you were going to check out kevin smith doing his new podcast like getting like getting back to covid going back and seeing it recorded live can you just run us through like some of the places you, you visit or frequent from toy stores to conventions to, to you know, seeing podcasts live. What, what's, a, what's sort of like a, a year in the, in the life of traveling to these different conventions look like for you?
3: So Southern California is amazing for, for toy collecting and pop culture more generally. Um, so now that we're finally getting out of COVID times, uh, one of the best things I, I do that I get a real kick out of is actually what I'm doing later today. Which is attending a podcast uh, taping with Kevin Smith. Um, and uh, I'm seeing um, what's it now called? It used to be called Fat Man on Batman, but yeah. Fat Man Beyond. Batman yes. Beyond. Is, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and, and but all of his at different points, I've had the opportunity to see all of his different shows. Um, so that's a lot of fun because that is a nice connection to sort of the geekier side of Los Angeles, right? Um, you get talking to people at tables, you know, because most of them are at comedy clubs or bars. And, you know, you can really start to, to get some inside knowledge about the scene. L.A. has a, a twice a week toy show uh, called Frankensons, um, which is a great spot, mostly modern toys, but there's a few vintage dealers there as well. Um, and so I'll often find myself probably going there about once every two weeks, you know, just to check it out um, and see what's new. And then in terms of the conventions, you've got PowerCon right? Um, That's
2: Mm.
3: always around here. Um, I guess they they moved from Torrance to Anaheim. Those are just basically suburbs of LA, though, right? Yes. And then we've got uh, San Diego Comic-Con, which I've never managed to get tickets to, Um, but uh, I have gone to, because a number of you guys have been to it. Yes. Yep, we've been. Yeah. And so you know the, the old town that it that the convention center is in. Yes. And the whole old town turns into this just amazing collector's paradise. Yes. Mm. Yep. And so even though you don't get tickets, you can still go, for instance, the Super 7 shop there yep. and various yep. pop-up shops and things. So that's a great part of the summer normally. Cool. And then we've got a slightly smaller show that is run by the San Diego Comic-Con folks called WonderCon. Yes. That um, is in sort of March, April. So that's always a, a must- and then um back in the day, uh there was Stanley's kamikaze, um where actually the master's Standor figure was first yep. released. Yep. Right. Um and that that's now the LA comic convention. It's changed names a few times, but that's another big one. Um and then there's some smaller shows. There's a, um we actually have uh the Transformers can one of the Transformers fan conventions is here. I always call it BotCon, but it's not because BotCon's that separate yeah. convention. Um, and then you've got a number of different Joe Cons. You know? So if you're not careful, you could probably go to uh, a comic and toy one at least once a month. Wow, oh, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we, we last on what, like two years? It's, it's next level. You know the thing yeah. is, 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 you're competing against millions of other collectors. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah. So, yeah. So the, the, the prices are high. Um, in comparison to other parts of the country, even with eBay trying to normalize it, it's still right. a little bit higher because mm. the competition's just so much more. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, okay. And it's hard to find vintage because vintage is so popular.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we just talk about the uh, the back drop that you've got here? So just ah. to paint a picture for the audience, you've got the Sectors Hive next to you with Sectors <laughs> in the box. Mm. Shout out to Does10. He's got the whole uh, swamp, swamp thing, thing. Swamp yeah, Thing, with the Marsh playset set at the base there. Yep. Biker, Biker from Mars. Mars, like, oh, oh yeah. so cool. You've got the giant Ninja Turtles up there in the corner. Is that yep. the movie star y- giant? Yeah, the, the movie, movie star one. giant. Yeah, uh, in you, box. You very this rarely is, see those. This is yeah. all packaged stuff. Uh, you've got Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yep. I love it. Ma- Beetlejuice. Mars. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, then you've got some shelving system. You've got Inhumanoids. noise yep. Just yep. insane. Yep. Is that Beast Beast Wars on the second shelf up?
3: That's Beast Wars on yep. the second shelf. Yeah. The very top shelf is Voltron. You yeah. Can
1: see yeah. Up Castle up. of Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 a lot and of then and then with and everything. And yeah. we can, and finish wow. off the Peace Star Resistance <laughs> yeah. is Golden Girls and you've got the uh, Black Horse uh, with in the, the chariot in in the box just Oof. beautiful, nice. Uh, so, so this
3: I I figured because I can't actually record from my toy rooms because they're a little bit. Uh, messy right now to put it pol- <laughs> politely um because they're they're overflowing i'm sort of running that situation actually ben i saw you were running into yeah. the last few weeks where yeah. it's just you need to restart you know and just yeah. redo the display this is actually our our bedroom closet um and uh, so this was- <laughs> So the the part of the, the room you're not seeing is where the clothes actually. Are. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. It's was, a, yeah very no very, very one, indulgent yeah. husband. No one, right? one wants yeah. to worry about that when you got toys. Of that I'd color. never get
0: dressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just be <laughs> sitting there with like my pants half on, <laughs> oh, looking God. at this stuff. Side. No, track. I mean, well, you know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
5: So you do have that. You do have that action feature after all. <laughs> yeah, right. Trent, are you ready to go? Uh, <laughs> uh, nope. Yeah, this would
0: be like I'd take you know half an
3: hour to get dressed.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's the, yeah. uh, an improvement from I'd never get dressed.
4: That's yeah, no, well,
1: right. <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah, just awesome. spectacular. Sorry Very to cool. uh, yeah, you track. Know. <laughs> no, no, look, no, uh, no, no, no.
4: No, it's absolutely worth pointing out. It's a stunning collection. So. Chris, I was just wondering. I know you mentioned before about um, being a professor and, and that, and what you're doing at the university. How does your passion for toys and pop culture spill over into your work? Actually, it does
3: quite a bit, sometimes in unexpected ways. So, so I uh, my uh, my PhD is in in media and communication, and uh, and so I was originally a political science person, but realized that um, they didn't really have a space for pop culture and how pop culture intersects with politics. And so that's actually the route I went, which brought me to doing more media studies related work. And uh, so I guess how it it interacts is that I do a lot of of cultural studies, pop culture research, but then I also do sort of the politics layer, which intersects with pop culture in some interesting ways. Um, So it comes into it in a number of different ways. I make Darren, I think you'll be proud of me for this. I make a point every um, semester. To include He Man somehow into the class. Yes, I'm very proud. I I figure out a way to do it.
4: (laughs) I love that you're passing it on. Uh,
3: Yeah, you got got
4: many people sort of coming back to you saying, "Yeah, I know He Man." Or uh,
3: your average 22 year old looks at me sideways and is like, "Why are you showing me
4: this?" Hopefully, that's going to change in the next few months with Netflix.
3: Yeah, I hope so. So I'll if if I give you two anecdotes of how I bring it into the classroom. One is, I think you guys know, even though I'm based in California now, that I'm originally from Canada, right? Yep. Um, yep. And one of the reasons that I wanted to move to the U.S. was because of Masters of the Universe. Because there were certain toys that were not available in Canada. Um, and there was also some restrictions on the broadcasting so that it's a very complicated thing. The short version is that the, the feed that we had from the U.S., which had He-Man cartoons on it, just kept playing season one over and over and over. And I would see ads and comic books for season two And think, you know, why can't I see this? And I decide to blame it on my home country. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so there is actually some truth to that. I mean, you guys in Australia have sort of restrictions on content in some ways too. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so I actually, when I'm doing really complicated political economy stuff, where I talk about media systems and structures and legislation and stuff, I say, and here's the real world effect. I can't watch when I was a little kid, I couldn't watch He-Man. I couldn't watch MTV and you know and so then they gives me excuse to play he-man because i'll be like what's he-man yeah yeah,
4: <laughs> nice. yeah i love that and,
3: and then when i teach sort of more um pop culture stuff often will if, if i'm doing a section let's say on like second wave feminism or something right i will will show the the opening to he-man and then the opening to Shira and ask them to compare and contrast right right um, because they're basically the same structure right yep. that you yeah. know um, just even the same dialogue, right? You know, fabulous secrets, fabulous secret powers, etc. Mm. And but you've you've got very gendered representations in the openings, and so it actually is a really good entry point for the students when they're first starting to think about that um, to to really just sit there and do a textual analysis. So it's kind of fun.
4: Yeah, that wow. sounds but, awesome. I, I would absolutely enroll in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: But wow. I actually, I struggle a little bit um, with the idea of, because I sometimes think about, you know, would it be cool to, because there's not much scholarship on action figures, and I feel like it's such an essential part of history. Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh, dear. Um,
5: now you've given Darren so, all sorts of ideas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think about, like, oh, I, you know, I, I could do that. I could start writing articles, but then I think, well, do I want to bring... That into the work life and have to start studying it so seriously yes. that it might rob some of the fun of it.
2: Yeah,
4: right? yeah, 100. yeah 100%. Um, so it's, uh, it,
3: it informs it, but it's not the direct topic. If that makes sense. Yeah. What
4: who you else? need to do is you need to partner up with someone who just looks at it from an intellectual or academic perspective and you can just feed them information steer it a little bit but they do all the grunt work so they become burnt out On (laughs) 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 sounds like you're volunteering no 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 I'm (laughs) I'm not um, I'm not I meant someone who's not passionate (laughs) (laughs) who you can just sell on the academic arguments for doing it yes,
2: exactly. yeah
5: well look speaking of uh, potential arguments uh, we something that uh, a lot of collectors struggle with is uh, you know they're very passionate they love this stuff but uh, the other the other half of their relationship uh, can sometimes be a point of contention how does your partner feel slash respond slash deal with your uh, collecting because from the sounds of it it's yeah, as you said three or four rooms of the house
4: yeah and they don't have a wardrobe to store their clothes yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: well well he he is uh like i said with the with the closet for instance he's very indulgent you know my my argument to him was we don't really need this because it's a massive walk-in closet right and it's like we don't need all this space for clothes and if we put it in here it's not gonna be in the living room
5: right it's a bargain (laughs)
0: Bargain. yeah
2: i'm gonna take some notes yeah
0: i'm taking
5: notes
3: (laughs) (laughs) He, he's actually a bad influence sometimes some of, of the 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 real gems in my collection were were gifts from him wow, um, nice. yeah. and whenever he you know whenever i'm sort of in doubt and i said you know should i do this should i not and he's like oh just do it <laughs> nice. so you know um he actually really really supports um this quite a bit now he gets something out of it which is that he has a bit of a vice of his own um he's um we we, we joked between the two of us if if you were to put all our interests together we're basically your your perfect nerd because i'm not so much into video games but he's obsessed with video games
2: okay, uh, cool. yeah, Several,
3: right yeah so you know he has a, a he has a, an arcade in the house basically that he's oh, um
2: this is the dream like, house yeah
3: <laughs> we need we need
5: to move to I the think us southern yeah. california your to <laughs> house would be the ultimate place <laughs>
2: Toys well,
3: and- yeah, I mean, it's, okay, it's yeah, yeah. one thing you get two nerdy guys together, and you've got square footage to spare. You've got paradise. Wow. And- wow. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Um, so yeah, he's really good about it. Actually, he's he's actually very indulgent, almost too indulgent.
0: <laughs> I-, I did see. I think it, I, I'm not the best with my names on the GI Joe Real American Hero line, but the Defiant, which mm-hmm. is like that. It's like got the it's the space shuttle yeah, kind of yeah. launcher. And I recall, I think you might have got that uh, as a gift, and it was like a mint in box oh. kind of proposition. Um, and I think from memory, you did did open it up and get it out, and it was like you know question of structural integrity with with that particular yeah. vehicle slash playset. But I mean that I've seen a number of items like that where you're like look what I got uh, as a birthday gift, and they are that kind of. That that holy grail, top tier, kind yeah. of yeah, kind of item, which is which is amazing and speaks to speaks to I guess how much he enjoy understands your passion and enjoys giving you something that's really really special to your collection.
3: Oh, absolutely, yeah. That the the defiant um, kind of blew my mind because it wasn't just the defiant I, at at Christmas; it was that in the terradrome at the same. Oh, time. oh yeah. wow! <laughs> <laughs> I came down on Christmas morning; you could barely see the Christmas tree. Right? <laughs> <So
2: good. laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but that's yeah, awesome. no, he he's really good about that. the The coolest thing he ever got me um, was a a vintage. I don't know if I've actually shared a photo of it. A, a vintage um uh pinball game um, that's still working with the action figures inside oh, wow. of it. Oh, I yes. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Did he buy that for yeah, you and, or did he uh, buy that for
3: himself? <laughs> well, well, that was that was the thing because it went along with with a uh, an air hockey table. Uh-huh. And so the air hockey table was his and. I've been talking about wearing a pinball machine for a really long time, and um, you know, once I figured out there was a turtles one, I was just blown away. You know, because even the turtle figures inside it are molded slightly differently; their arms so they can hold things differently. Yeah, right. Because they're kind of holding up the rails that the ball goes around and stuff, and uh, and also just the there's some original Kevin Eastman art on it. Um, I Mm. don't think Darren a month or two ago. You mentioned that that had had quite a profound. Death
2: death
5: <laughs> on. Yeah, the that's <laughs> This is right. yeah. that action feature again. Yeah, All right. yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> but um, what was really cool um, about that is, yeah, you know, it's just the right age, I guess, when when that dropped. Um, and I remember um, Dazzleland in the Mycenae for those who live <laughs> oh, in Adelaide. that episode, yeah, 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 it was just wonderful. Yeah. But. Um, it's not the yeah. only dazzle that was going on that day. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. April only <laughs> yeah. so cool that uh that's probably the perfect crossover item for you, because as you said, it's got toys in it. It's based on a property that's so prolific in the toy aisles, but also it it comes from, from arcade. you know, so it's a perfect fit for both of you. Very cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's 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 a really neat piece. You know, I've brings actually brings both collect, the, uh... ties
4: both collections together.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that and that's we've done that in a few places, you know, where one of the things that, that we've been looking at lately is sort are hunting down some of the licensed games from the 80s and 90s. Could, so, you know, your, your Toxic Crusaders game, things like that. Yep. You know, um, and uh, it's actually On the arcade or, or on consoles? Oh, <laughs> consoles, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, that, <laughs> the pinball machine and the air hockey table, that's that's it for the big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah come yeah.
4: One of the others that had a big impact on me, there was a couple of them um, that never saw the light of day on consoles, but were fun games to play on the arcade. Was the 1990 Batman arcade based on the Tim Burton film, and the 1987 RoboCop game based on the yeah? First those film. are
3: both pretty cool.
4: Yeah, they um, are.
3: Actually, I have both of those because um, you can get those those emulators now. That yes have- yeah. I do.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we we've got um that's I guess the third part of the arcade, one of those old um sort of bar Pac Man ones, you know, where it's a tabletop. Yep. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but it's got an emulator emulator in it, so it's got the Batman one and yeah. all sorts of things. The
4: Batman one's yeah. so much fun.
5: So I'm going to flip the, flip the question here then. It's clear that your husband has bought you many great pieces. Have you, you know, gone back the other way and bought him some Holy Grail video game stuff? I'm a, I'm a former video game nerd, so I'm, this, is, this has interested me.
3: All right, Frank. So, so yes, <laughs> let's see if it, how, how deep you, you'll go here. So um, I bought him actually for Christmas this year. I finally found one, the rarest Zelda game out there. Oh, this is a this gold cartridge? No, it's rarer than that. Oh. It's a terrible game too. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo does not like to
1: acknowledge it exists. Oh wow. Oh jeez. One of the Japanese ones or something. It's actually
3: not. It's okay. so there's it one of those tournament this...
4: ones or no, no. No.
3: No. It's um I'm trying to remember the name of it. Oh shoot. It <laughs> it uh was for the Philips 3 do is that right? The Philips system. Yep. There's um, two Zelda games that were released with live action actors in them. Oh, oh
2: wow!
3: Yes, yeah.
5: Oh. Yeah. Uh, I've got I've got a buddy of mine who would know this off the top of his head. He's, he's PhD in video games, but uh, I couldn't tell you the oh, name. That's
3: amazing! Uh, I'm trying to think what it was actually. It's the CDI. Uh, so one is called the Wand of Gamelon, and the other one I don't know faces of evil. Right. I think is the other one um and they so what i guess what had happened in the the early 90s was Philips, yes yeah, the cdi is the system i'm thinking about so phillips had licensed some uh, mario games and some zelda games and they were trying to show off the system so instead yep. of really focusing on gameplay it's just all of the cutscenes scenes yeah they're impossible to find like they're wow. even the system itself to play them yep. is kind of impossible to find i've never heard of it oh, so yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you guys should look into it. It's um, they're, they're notoriously terrible. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. But, but uh, he, he's a hugest fan of Zelda, and so I th- thought, well, I've got to complete the Zelda. Yeah, yeah, at some point.
5: yeah. Right. No matter how bad it is, absolutely for sure. <laughs>
3: That's awesome.
5: That's
0: fantastic. Hey, one of the great things of, of having you on the Discord is we've been able to jump into some really great topics, and one of the ones with with your uh, I guess knowledge around this and and the um having your professor status. Um, we, we've talked a little bit about gender roles in toys and, and I guess the role that these things play in, in building society and building, you know, stereotypes and pros and cons and all that. I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, you know, girls, boys, toys, the, the, the gender distinction that we went into, you know, back when we were kids, you go down the pink aisle, you'd go, you know, if you wanted to find certain things, that's where you'd mm-hmm. have to go um what what can you sort of tell us about about that and and maybe shed a bit more light on on some of the 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 maybe not so subtle things that we see when we're kids and later how those
3: things are sort of portrayed no that that's a great question I think that it's a complicated question too right so so because as much as we we keep seeing advances and trying to sort of reimagine gender as being more fluid so that boys could collect girls' toys, girls collect boys' toys. The moment that you can see that that we haven't advanced all that far is if you go into a local Target or a Walmart, right? Um, And the the aisles are still so segregated. Um, And and so I look at it, this is where I do put on sort of my my, um, professor hat a little bit and I look at it from what I've learned about how media relates to um, adolescent development, childhood development. And if you think about toys really as an extension of media properties, really, right? I mean, the term that we use sometimes in, in, um, in my world anyways is transmedia, right? Which is sort of, just sort of going across all the different, you know, from film to video games to in theory, um, physical items like toys. Although again, we don't study that as much as we could. Um, it trains us at a very young age to think about gender roles in a particular way. And by extension, in particular pre-puberty, when we talk about gender roles we're also talking about establishing sexuality norms too right um, and so we we don't see much evidence i think of major change in the toy um, in the toy collecting space for adults and also in the the toys that are um, aimed at children right it's still reinforcing you know the as you know as we were joking about you know the um, is it fabulous fashions? I can never remember the sheet. Fantastic fashions. Fantastic, mm-hmm. yeah. Fantastic, thank you. Yeah, um, you think you'd call it fabulous with how often they use that word in other parts of the franchise? But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know that that they would never have thought of doing that for He-Man or or you know some of you know, could you imagine a little a collection of new clothes to dress up He-Man differently? We got the
4: Stilt Stalkers <laughs> and the Jet Sled instead, and, and uh, the, and the yeah, weapons yeah, pack. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sorry.
3: Yeah. And, and so- we all know the story of GI Joe. It's basically, they did actually sell doll clothes for that. Right. Mm. Um, but, but that they really tried very hard to make it clear that it was gear, not clothes. Right. And then never used the word fashion again, because of those gender distinctions. So I think it's actually a pretty significant problem. Um, you know, and, um, and, but at the same time, um, you know, without going too deep into some of the crazy politics around it that have emerged over the last few months around Mr. Potato Head, for instance, um, <laughs> I think that there's also an overzealous attempt to try and just recode or decode all gender out of toys, which I think also is is somewhat defeating. I think instead we need to just look at it and recognize it for where what it is and start to think about ways to, to sort of take smaller steps towards recoding it to create up more imaginary possibilities for younger children. If that makes sense. I'm oh, not 100%. percent sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. you said it beautifully. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I remember uh, when I was working at, at my previous firm, um, the, the manager that I had was um, a bit older, had older kids than me. And I remember she was telling me the story of kind of her her child. I think it was a, it was a boy and the child gravitated more towards the girls' toys, right? Mm-hmm. Like the stereotyped girls' right. toys. And her comment, which really stuck in my head at the time, was she said, you know, in terms of toys – there's no toys are just toys toys can be played with by by any kid any mm. gender can pick up any kid and I think for one one year like my, my youngest son's really into cooking like he loves he's he's sort of five now he loves getting up cooking bacon and eggs and pancakes and so for Christmas from Santa one year he got you know a kitchen mm. um which would typically I guess you go yeah. into the, the the girls' aisle but that was what he wanted yep. he loved he loved the kitchen and he would play with with the kitchen and and that always stuck in my head that it's a it's it's a lovely concept to have that toys are just these ubiquitous kind of things that you can pick from whatever but i think that the you know the the people that produce them and the culture that informs them does have those inbuilt stereotypes kind of at play mm. when it kind of comes down and so i think there's a lot in that that you know the parents can sort of say pick pick what you like yeah but but at the same time there's things kind of being forced on Finger through, through yeah, yeah, the way culture disseminates through toys.
4: And I think the other thing that we haven't touched on that that Trent's sons would have benefited from is they grow up in a house where their dad loves to cook and cooks a lot. So you know those gender norms are not as present at home, which I think is terrific. And you know, you know, congratulations to you and Leanne for going that extra step and sort of saying, you know. Let that spill over into toys as well, because toys are there for everyone to enjoy. You know, in my mind, anyway, you know, irrespective of anything like that. I ha- had a really good friend from high school. Her daughter desperately wanted female action figures. She saw her brothers getting, you know, Batman, uh, Nightwing, um, Iron Man, Joker, and you know, she wanted female, strong female action figures. And at, at that time, there wasn't really much around you know we're talking about you know 2014 2015 there wasn't a lot in mainstream retail in Australia and you know I can remember pointing out to her oh you know yeah there's a couple of discount variety stores that have that have got some um, you know man of steel figures you know from the Superman Mm -hmm. film there's a female figure in that line Um, you know um, when the the uh, Marvel Legends Hit that same store, you know. You know, there's some, you know, there's a Spider Woman in that wave, and you know, it's sort of sending it along that road because you know it's actually quite tough to get female action figures for for girls who who want their heroes too, mm. which I think is really significant. I mean, I know Marvel Legends is is doing a lot more to make them now, but I think retailers are playing a role in what what makes it here too. Is it's not just toy manufacturers, and you know, it's so deeply embedded that you know boys don't want girls don't want female action figures and boys are the only ones who play with them
5: well how many times have we talked about you know toys that were never made you know RC from 1986 yeah. Transformers is a yep. perfect example yeah. she was uh, she was a mainstay of that film she was she wasn't just there for a, a couple of lines she was and yet they never took them 20 years to make a decent RC yeah. toy like that that's that's a product of, of the '80s and those the brand managers at, at Hasbro slash Takara just going no they no doubt they had the conversation or I'd like to think they did at least but they in their eyes kids aren't gonna buy a pink and white female orientated transformer yeah,
4: yeah. Master, uh, Mattel with Master, vintage Masters Universe making a King Randall but not a Queen Malena
5: mm. same thing
3: so I actually wanted to jump in Trent on what you were mentioning about the kitchen. Because I actually had made it a note to myself of, of some things I wanted to to, to to talk about, and one of them was actually the kitchen play sets, Um, because I was actually blown away a few years ago, and and I bought one for myself um, because I thought this was so interesting, which was they did a turtle one. Uh, did you happen oh, to get right. that one? Oh, no, right. no,
0: this this was just the, um, uh, I think it was just an IKEA IKEA one, so oh, a very fairly, fairly generic one, so not not actually from a from a toy store but we i don't know if in australia um that sort of big item in a in a toy store is sort of harder to get because of the economics and floor space so i don't think we ever got the turtle's kitchen otherwise i'd have one in my room
3: (laughs) 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 i I specifically got it because because it was it was gender bending right i mean it's 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 a very clear you know and they've got all the sewer stuff sort of built into it and things so it's a sewer oven and everything but but it is you know it's exactly the same pieces just recolored that you would get from like a barbie kitchen or something else like that and they're selling it with a boy on the package and everything and and i picked it up largely this is sort of the academic side of me it was like this is sort of under the radar but this is actually fairly revolutionary to see them aiming your traditional kitchen play set at a boy yeah you know by licensing it to the 2012 nick turtles okay
1: Interesting. Never heard of that before. <laughs> That's very interesting.
3: Yeah. I'll try and see if I can can oh, um. It's, that is something that is in storage, but I'll see if I can find a photo for you guys. Just, it's actually quite yeah. an interesting? No, I'm just set.
5: googling it right now. About to bring it up on screen for the. Oops. If I can. So if you
0: can it. work your your wizardry, this is where we know if you really are an <laughs> IT professional hey. Hey. or if you're just moonlighting. Uh, and you're really an ASIO spy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's quite a leap you've made there. <laughs> yeah. Sure uh, thing.
0: Uh, total faith. Total faith Here in you
5: go. Go. look Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. And that, yeah, so that's from twenty twelve. You know what? This is a dangerous conversation, Chris, because I feel like there's going to be four orders for this thing <laughs> coming very, very soon to uh, to an Australia near you. <laughs>
3: I actually thought it would be kind of neat to to use as a display piece, almost a shelf for yep. some of the other turtles. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. Because you've got cool. the you can see sort of Mikey peering in through the window at the top and things like that. Yeah, you
1: know, put put your necker quarter scale movie turtles on there, like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's got
0: the uh, ice cream kitty ice in the uh, in the fridge. Yep. <laughs> that's so good. Pizza in the oven, of course. Yep. Yeah, that's it's
4: really that's but like very cool. You know, like
0: it looks like almost like they've I don't know if they've retooled that. That tap, and we'll put that kind of like um, sewer handle, um, yeah, yeah. 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 Hydrant, Hydrant yeah, handle, handle. Like yeah. they're really
4: nice designs.
5: And because it's in the sewer, you don't have to do the dishes. Right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. That I'll that is revolutionary. You wouldn't really have seen that too often before or since, I would suspect.
3: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what would intrigue me about it. it's like, okay, this is this is you know, because this exact model with just slight tooling changes is available. There's probably a dozen of them but this is the only one that's aimed at boys. And but you can see even here, they've gendered the colors, right? You know, yes. it's very blue and gray mm. and stuff. So there's still, you know, it's revolutionary, but it's still playing by the coding that we expect to see. Yes. Right?
0: Yeah. That's it. Uh, very good.
3: Have you got any uh, questions for us, Chris? Well, um, actually, I I wanted, if you're up for it, I wanted to sort of talk a little bit about how um, gender informs some sexuality um, stuff in terms of, Vintage toys and modern toys. Would yes, that be-
1: please. Yes. yes, please. Yes, sure. yes, yeah. Yep, very up. For- All
3: right. So, so I played with this a little bit and thought about some things that I think are some shout-outs. Now, this is coming obviously. This is in, from my perspective, and it's mostly focusing in on boys' toys and the major lines, right yep. from yep. the '80s. Yep. But um, actually, I wasn't. It was. It was laughing to myself a little bit uh, earlier in the in the episode when you brought up Mr. Sleaze. um because Mr. Sleeves is is definitely what we sort of call sort of a queer coded sort of villain right i mean the poodle is very pink mr sleaze is very effeminate looking um and so you see that actually across a number of the older lines from the 80s which is that um of course it wasn't coded in terms of sexuality because it was aimed at you know sort of prepubescent kids but you definitely get that that sort of um assumption that this guy in order to emphasize he's a villain we're going to show that he's off a little bit he's not your traditional heteronormative masculine character right yeah okay yeah yeah. (laughs) The most obvious other one is from t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's, it's Toon Vernon because of Vernon, you know, um, you know, from the, both the way he carries himself. And I wouldn't say he's he's certainly not a villain, but he's a really selfish guy. Right? Yeah. He's so, yep. very self Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very effeminate. So I th- I sort of thought that those two are worth thinking about. There's a lot of, of work in um, in the media world that that looks at how cartoons represent villains, you know. And so there's always the effeminate character, a you know, villain in the Disney movies, for instance, if you think about like Scar from Lion King or, you know, Captain Hook, you name it. And that translates into toys in, I think, some problematic ways in the eighties. Um, and what it's basically teaching us, you know, if you think about it is that there's a, this a very heteronormative lens of what it means to be a hero. And if you, if you would all deviate from that, all of a sudden you're suspect, you know, mm. and the toys mm. reinforce that from a young age even though they don't come right out and talk about it explicitly, right? And so I think it's kind of, of interesting. And actually, those are some of the toys I like collecting because I think they're they're this sort of fascinating sort of a study in terms of, of our, our society's values. The second one I want to bring up was was Bo from she Yes. Yes. Um, one of the things that I learned um, from the Pixel Dan book um, is actually I've got Bo, but I've got him in a box, so I've never opened him, is that it's a completely different buck. From the the male uh, figures in the master's line.
1: Correct. Right? Yes. And it yep. is
3: it's it's that much slimmer and you know, the even the, the face is slightly younger, doesn't look, you know, sort of it's more of a, a placid look on his face as opposed to, you know, more of an angry or aggressive look. And you have to think about like what were they saying there about, you know, so this is what a girl's construction of of, of a boy looks like versus a boy's construction of a boy. Yes. Right? Like you yep. have that so yep. for crossover right and so i think that's kind of a fascinating toy to look at as well um and then i the one of the other things i'd written down was if you really want to understand the role of of um in terms of early gender bending and sort of queer toys it would be Pee-wee's playhouse right those ones are so overtly camp that they (laughs) uh, it's actually shocking to me sometimes (laughs) that they actually were so popular with with straight boys and with parents because they're so clearly you know They're telling a very different story right it doesn't take that much to see through it um and then uh i guess the last thing i from the 80s toys that i thought was worth thinking about was the relationship between the toys and the cartoons right um and how often the characters that are even menacing in the cartoons are made to be sort of goofy by emphasizing how effeminate they are so you think about starscream uh, cobra commander and Mm -hmm. skeletor all of them are actually much more effeminate in the cartoon representations than they are in the toys themselves, right? Um, again, to sort of contrast against that sort of masculine ideal of He-Man or Optimus, right? And and it, it does tell some some sort of problematic messages to to those of us that were, were recognizing that we might be more feminine at different points, or that you know, we might be just a little bit off, you know, um, according to these norms mm. that were so established in the toys. Yeah. And, and I think that there's, you know, it's interesting within He-Man, for instance, there's a huge queer community of collectors, right? Um, and they talk about how they recoded it and understood themselves through those toys. But often it was through the cartoon more than the toys, right? Because um, Lou Shimer, um, and Erica Scheimer, to a certain extent as well, really tried to, without being overt, they tried to sort of create this more holistic message of everybody is welcome. Yes. And- yeah. And certainly the She-Ra toys, I think, or the ra cartoon was really advanced in its time uh, because, I mean, if you think about it, it was a really ballsy move, right? To say, okay, we've got this massive property and we're going to do it, the first feature film is going to be to introduce a girl's toy line, right? And from mm. the very beginning of She-Ra, there was an attempt to, to actually erase those gender boundaries, at least at the cartoon level. And as Darren, you definitely support me on this, which is half of, of the, the later Masters characters never even showed up in He-Man. They only would show up in she Yeah, right? You know, and and we have to to recognize how advanced that was, but I think that was more Filmation than Mattel, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, oh, mm. definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, yep, and yep. I
4: think also probably a reluctance on Mattel's, in fact, it's, you know, written a number of places uh, to fund two cartoons. So, you know, we, we're going to have two, two, two toy lines, right. but we're not going to spend money funding two cartoons. So we'll we'll bring across the new one and, and we'll show all our product in in the new one and and that to I the point where Snapchat exactly. has two different backgrounds in sure in one, he's presented as an Ethereum and in later episode, he he, he comes uh, with Adam to visit Adora and he's from a Toonier.
5: <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Interesting. That's called world building in the 1980s. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, one other thing about the Master Universe property as well is they uh, marketed all the Horde Troopers on uh, Master Universe card backs rather than the she Princess of Power card backs. So yes. that's, that's something to um, highlight, that the more monster-esque characters that shared the same buck as He Man were um, packed on He Man cards. Mm. Uh, also, uh, I wanted to point out that She Ra's villain in the mini comics and everything uh, was Catra rather than Hordak. So that was, uh, you know, that was a, another maybe. Significant change. Yeah, mm. ch- you know, change direction type thing to make them more maybe feminine orientated or doll. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not the expert, <laughs> well, but just something to sort of that i've noticed you know yeah that it should really be hordak hordak should yeah they should all be packed in the same
3: aisle and things
1: like that in my eyes but
3: and and think how how crazy it was that she was main villain in the toy you know we've got hordak who's a really formidable villain but then in the toy it's jealous catra like Mm, yes yes. that's literally the, the languages of jealousy Right. Yeah. Um. And and so there there's some really problematic stuff that I think Filmation went a long way towards trying to address. And what was interesting is to your point about like you know kids like what they like and doesn't really matter about from their perspective. It's really the adults coding the rules, right? Is that one of the reasons they even did Shira in the first place was because they realized that 30 to 40 percent of the market for He-Man was girls, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. That that were brave enough to actually cross over, you know, and actually go in there. And I say brave because I remember, I'm sure you guys were in a similar situation. When did you first start buying, because you all have bought girls' toys at this point, right? As big collectors. Because um, Golden Girls, she you know, you name it. Did you do that when you were younger or did you wait till you were an adult?
4: When I was younger, uh, for, um, for me, um, I had three Shira figures and I will be mad enough to say now that as a little boy, um, if I knew someone was coming, if, if I knew um, other kids were coming over, I would hide them, yeah. um, yeah. and and I'll admit that right here and now, nobody nobody knew that, that I had them, um, outside of um family, um, and when I say that, that includes extended family. That you know they were all on board. My parents never had a problem with me getting Shira. They saw the card in. they they knew what what how Shira was connected to He Man. They knew what Masters was to me. In fact, they gave me. Catch her as part of my birthday present, along with Too Bad and Landshark one year. So, um, so they were all for that. They they understood how it was all, all linked, but um, and it was one world and and you know we'd often watch both cartoons back to back. Mum and dad had watched them mm. with me too. Um, so um, there was never any you can't get Shira because it's a girl's toy kind of thing. But I had in me something that I guess was programmed from the schoolyard or yeah. mm. or from um, the classroom or. Or just the world in generally, where in general, I don't yeah. want you yeah. to see that I've got Shira because you'll say I'm a girl, yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, and I'm not sure that was exactly what it was, but that's just how I, I see it as an adult. Whereas now, you know, yeah, I, you know, quite gladly display them together. Back when I was a kid, I'd play with them together. They were all mixed. Um, you know, Katria was a member of the Horde um, with with the Horde figures I had. Shira, you know, would, would work with He-Man and then later on I got Bo for two ninety five from a discount variety store when, when the line died um, and and that. But, you know, my ambition was always to, to complete the Vintage Masters line as a kid and then collect the Princess of Power line as a kid and complete that. But then if someone was coming over, I'd hide them. Yeah, you it's, know? It, it's really interesting you say that, Darren, because I
0: was, as a kid, I loved Gumby and Pokey. All right, Gumby yeah. and pokey watch it on TV love it and we've got this thing here in, in Adelaide called the Royal Adelaide Show and the big it, it's it's ostensibly a, you know a farm-based show which has rides like a carnival yeah um and what they would do is is leading up to the show they would publish these show bags and you get your, your newspaper and you'd, you'd scroll down oh here are the two dollar show bags and the five dollar and, and then there's oh there's the Gumby and pokey show bag. And, and I was reading through the list of things in it and it was like, oh, you get your Gumby and Pokey figure. So th- with that in my, in my head, I went to the show bag stall, one Gumby sh- and Pokey show bag, please. And it comes out and the, the bag it comes in is clearly, it's a girl's show bag, right? Mm. So, and it was clear by the, the designs and there was big love hearts on the on the bag. Now, I, I love those figures but to your point, Darren, when people came over, I hid the bag mm. because yeah. having this bag, this this kind of, I guess it was a girl's yeah. show bag. Whatever was going on in my, you know, in eight year old yeah. brain was like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have this
4: this thing. Were um, you hearing that from anywhere? Like, no, from, no. from your brother? Because no. you know, I asked I, that as an, I'm an only child. Don't, so I don't think I wasn't so with hearing that. that from anyone at home. No, or, no. or anything. It was just it was something in my brain. Yeah, and, and then I guess.
0: Fast forward to to now. I'm happy. I'm quite happy to go out and buy my little pony toys, Barbie toys, you know, w- whatever it is.
4: We know about the uh, Yeah, I know. I know, you know, you know <laughs>
2: um,
0: and I've I've got no problem uh, displaying that stuff in my room. So, uh,
4: probably
2: I, I, you
0: should. Yeah. No, no, that's right. Yeah. And, and and I think it probably speaks to something when we when we can break down what we understand is happening, particularly like you know in the 80s, 90s. I mean, it's still happening today, like you say, Chris but where we can kind of break down the way culture feeds into these properties and and, and question it and, and and understand it for what it is you know this is this is largely psychologically the world that that we are in and these culture norms or these culture stereotypes are just disseminated and quite often unless we challenge it or think about it mm. we 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 are inbuilt we are programmed with those messages that permeate culture and it's not until we kind of step back and analyze them and understand them for what they are that i guess we can feel more kind of comfortable with with these things and how we interact with them and how they represent us as a person
1: yeah i'd have to say a baby from 82 my first female action figure was april o'neill from the ninja turtles line so that's that's a fair uh gap i'd say from you know uh, being born to being into action figures and things and finally getting an and April O'Neill, mm. I have a deep love for RC. You know, probably my wife is a bit concerned, uh, <laughs> right, but, but uh, jokes about it and things. But like, yeah, I absolutely. So I think if RC, what are you doing with that vacuum cleaner? Yeah, there? that's it. Um, if if RC was a uh, you know retailer release back in the eighties, I reckon I would have pushed to uh, have a action figure of her. Uh, but now you know, with two daughters and things like that um you know it was amazing the day when they something clicked in their little heads and they both fell in love with Jurassic Park and Jurassic world and dinosaurs in general and uh it it's just it it blows my mind that two kids can know more about dinosaurs you know than i than I will ever probably know it's just uh fascinating, and that's to me you know always a bit of a gender um Difference, you know, to that dinosaurs are a boys' thing, you know, and yet here's two girls that sort of found it on their own without Mm. me spoon feeding them or anything. They just sort of, and I and I love that. And uh, you know, that yeah, they're they're quite happy to collect the Jurassic World toys and things like that. And uh, it's great that there's a female character in the new movies and things that they can get action figures of, and that not that they mind or anything. But there's always that underlying rule when they're playing games. Remember, the dinosaurs are all female, so they can't keep breeding. Mm. So, you know, they're always keeping these sort of little things that they get quips from the movies uh, and they play, you know, they put gender roles in their toys uh, when they play. So, yeah, kind of uh, unique like that. So Mm. mm. It is
4: interesting. And on the point... You mentioned about April O'Neil being your first. Yeah. I mean, you are often limited by what a, what a line makes as well. Exactly. I mean, That's right. Yeah, you know, I, I think from childhood, I probably wouldn't have had that many. I had Teela, I had Sorceress, I had April O'Neil, and I had the Catwoman from the Batman Returns line, and Poison Ivy from the animated series line, and, you know, a few things like that. That's probably my female toy collection. Oh, um, and, of course, she and Catra. Wonder Woman? Yeah, Wonder Woman Superpowers. superpowers? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did have that. She was one of the nine Superpowers because I had... But, you know, not many. You know, when you think about how many male figures I had, and I think it's part of that same problem of female action figures don't sell, you know. Oh, and I did have a Batgirl from the Animated Series, mm. but, but, again, limited with what I could what I could get uh, because, you know, it would take forever and a day for a female figure to, to get a release. and mm. You know, um, I can remember waiting years for a Batgirl. I wanted her in Superpowers line.
5: Uh, look, for me, as a kid, I was pretty heavily exposed to all girls' toys. i got a younger sister, two years younger than me, and my parents, in the same way that I was very generous with, you know, G1 Transformers and, and Turtles and the like, uh, she had as equally impressive a collection of uh, My Little Pony, of She-Ra, of Barbie, and... and we would, you know, combine those worlds all the time. You know, we we'd have I'd have my Ninja Turtles riding the My Little Ponies into battle against the Decepticons, you know, that sort of thing. Like, um, so you could do that. But so uh, to me, it's it's normal, I think, to play with either of those toys. Look, I understand where the stereotypes come from, and to Darren's point, when my mates would come over. Oh, all of a sudden i don't want to play with my sister's toys you know yeah. put them away you go play over in the corner sort of thing and i think that's that real um schoolyard peer pressure type I think so. you know yeah, when we're to- all at at the ages of trying to work out who we are and, yep, and where, and we, where we fit, to fit, in, fit in, in the world yeah. exactly yeah. um so yeah obviously don't have that problem now i mean my supergirl collection is the obvious standout that's obviously stems from a, a bit of a different uh, rationale behind collecting that but um it was interesting uh at the previous school i would work at i had a deal with the uh lady on the front desk who would of course accept all my toy packages as they come in and she was oh was this for frank and i had to open it in front of her that was the deal she'd look after all my stuff she'd make sure it wasn't you know tampered with or whatever but you got to open it in front of me and i can't even remember what it was that sort of made this made her say this but then she goes but don't you start getting into all those, you know, those skimpy girl toys. And I think she was perhaps referring to something like, you know, the Bishujo um, toys and that sort of thing. Um, and that just always stuck with me. And, it, you know, I was, certainly wasn't buying any of that sort of stuff that would have made her say that. But it, it occurred to me at the time and even years later where I just sort of went, so what if I was? Like, you know what I mean? Like she, but it was interesting that she just had this conception that, and she was, you know, she's a generation older than me, but that, no, you know, you're not allowed to, to to buy this sort of thing. And I just sort of went, where, where does that come from? And, And she's a lovely lady. I got nothing against her, you know, perfectly got on with her really well. So, so yeah. just a
4: social construction exactly the,
5: it's you know people are a product of, of of their environment and and as much as that might sound like a bit of a cop out it's actually kind of true right? It's where
4: it originates from yeah. um, if you become evolved enough to sort of challenge some of those yeah. things and and move away from them, more power to you but yeah that's generally the origin you know you it's ingrained at you and in young age. Yeah.
5: So. And then with my son Jack for example, my wife is very strong about it. She goes, we're not just going to buy him cars and trucks and and you know turtles and all this sorts of stuff. It's he um he's a big fan of the Wiggles and so the first toy that he got from the Wiggles was an Emma doll. Emma being the female Wiggle for those who don't watch it religiously like we're forced to by a little uh, emotional one and a half year old terrorist. Um, uh, yeah. And so, you know, that it's, it's what you would call a doll. It's a soft goods doll. She's in a little yellow tutu and to him, that's just going to be a toy that he grew up with. Yeah. That's, you know, and he's got, you know, soccer balls and, and other stuff. It's, it's, total a mix and we've said from the outset if he wants to gravitate to barbies or Bratz dolls or whatever happens to be you know hot when he's of the age to be able to pick stuff himself then that's what we do like yeah but we're going to give him all those options and then he makes the call for himself
3: yeah that's awesome hmm. that's how it should be so on that that point you you raised about the and then also um the idea of of you know april being your first figure one of the things that, that I want to just just quickly mention is that there's also another layer of gender that we could be playing with, probably, which is is this sort of idea of what's called the male gaze, right? Which comes from film theory, which is you know whoever's behind the camera, in other words, the director, usually is male. That it represents what they see and what they want to right. see. Yeah.
2: Right? Yep. yep. Mm.
3: Um, and we apply that to toys. Toys is still very much a male gaze um, industry. It's a very you know sort of traditional heteronorm of masculine space both in terms of the way that they want to see female figures, right? Um, and that they're often overly sexualized, right? Um, even the, the ones that were aimed at kids, if you really look back at them, like Chitara is pretty overtly sexual, mm, right? If you yeah. really think about the way her body's constructed. Um, and then, of course, you also have the fact that you've got a, a, a straight male construction of male beauty as well, right? Which is to sort of the typical wrestler or Conan or He-Man um, and so you don't have have other constructions uh, that might speak to other, other gazes, right? Like mm-hmm. other ways of looking. Um, and I think that that still permeates even the modern adult collectible side of toys. Yep. Um, and, and that then gets into this really interesting question of, is it enough to have more female characters? So for instance, in Marvel legends, or do we want to think about um, creating characters that might speak to different um, conceptions of, beauty or aesthetics or what have you. Right. And, and I think we're still barely scratching the surface there. Mm. You know, there there's not many good examples um, that, that if you think about how frequently you'll see a statue of a woman that's barely got her breast contained, you know, and versus the male figures that all basically still play out with the sort of typical wrestler soldier look. It's, it's an interesting dynamic.
2: Mm. So
0: just, just taking a, a bit of a snapshot at maybe what like the Netflix Sheera cartoon did for that, and take, and, and I know it it had a Mattel kind of doll line. Super Seven got to do Sheera and Catra. and then mm-hmm. the toys kind of died out. But that was a, it seemed like a, a bit more to this conception of produced or shot through. The the male eyes we know that um, show was run by showrunner Noel Stevenson so it had a very different uh, lens and we saw that in both you know diversity of ethnicity and and body type we really mm-hmm. for me it was almost one of the first times and I, I'd read a bit of her work in terms of Lumberjanes and and some of the cartoon uh, the comic book work that she'd done and won a lot of uh, praise and, and a lot of awards for um but to sort of then see it for the first time in animation um, and then you know it didn't probably have the impact it could have with the toys that that got out but it, it sort of
4: but it, it does it's to me to being a um, store exclusive, store, store exclusive yeah, but it does
0: exclusive. to me like paint the picture maybe that you're talking about Chris that it is the exception to the rule mm. Yeah, um, that when you do see this it's almost like oh wow there's a, actually a good example of how some of these things are being broken down and and, and dispelled with but
4: it's certainly not the norm by any stretch of the imagination. To the point where maybe other retailers were too nervous to jump on board and that's what became a store exclusive. Potentially.
2: You
3: saw that with um, Brave, right? Um, the Disney Pixar. Um, and so she had a very particular look that was not a typical male gaze construction of of, you know, sort of, a, of a princess. But then what happens when you go to Disneyland or you buy Brave dolls they suddenly, you know, they make her taller, they yep. make her thinner. Mm. And so we see that same male, you know, sort of gaze yes. that I think is more prominent in the toy manufacturing side than the entertainment properties they're associated with in some yep. ways. Yep, yep, fair. Mm.
0: It's, a, it's, it's fascinating to point these things out because quite often we just get consumed by what's presented to us. And we don't often look at at what's driving that or, or some of these nuances that that exist. And it's it's great to have that understanding or at least to then be able to think about these things and, and in our own minds, I guess, challenge them. So yeah, that's definitely. been a, been a really insightful conversation. I'm so glad we were able to, to have this conversation. Cause we did, like I said, touch on it on the discord, but I felt like there was so much more to yeah. unpack um, oh, and, and, and that, and that probably probably the discussion we've had had now is just scratching the surface on a lot of this stuff, but it's definitely food for thought. Um, and it's there definitely can reframe the way we look at these things. And we, we, we look at the way that the toys are produced and, and, and how that, how, how that process occurs.
3: Can I, I know we're, we're, we're finishing up. Can I give one shout out to okay. a toy line that I think is doing some really neat work with it? Yeah, you? of course. It's actually Transformers. I think Transformers is doing something really revolutionary in its latest iteration, um, which is you've got a whole, um, set of brand new female figures, first of all, right? Um, and but they don't conform like rc i love rc but rc is pink and white right and so yes, it, it's yep. still conforming to those gender expectations i love her though i think she's great but if you think about the new ones i i don't even know who half them are until you know they really reveal oh they'll put you know pronoun she and I'm like oh i had no concept of it because it looked like my idea of what a masculine transformer would look like and then you've also got all of these different um relationship formations there right so the most famous one of course being rewind and, and chrome dome right um and so i think that they and maybe it's because it's disconnected from human bodies that mm. it's easier to start to do some some gender play but for whatever reason um hasbro has really jumped on that bandwagon in the last few years and i've been really impressed with what they've doing what they've been doing so i just wanted to shut that out yeah
1: no, that's, that's good that's yeah. awesome yeah well done cool all right, Chris. So, where can people find more of your work? You've got Instagram and things. Anywhere else? P- please plug uh, all your sociables.
3: Uh, Instagram's probably the best one. Um, and then I'm on Twitter, but don't really do toy Twitter, so probably ignore that. <laughs> you know? um, Instagram's the best one. And then, um, yeah, that's. But you, people are welcome to look up my my research if you want to bore yourselves. <laughs> you know. So. And on um, Instagram, we your web store eighty three. Web store 83 on instagram Webster and then dot 83 dot 83. Yep. 83 thank you ben yep. <laughs> um, and and then uh, yeah and then you can just search um christopher j finley will get you a bunch of my writing on the, in like in media and um journalism and my academic stuff that's fantastic
0: awesome. chris we've had such a great time like i said it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you today have you on the show speak to us and speak to our audience um long overdue and we are so grateful that you took the time out very early start for you over there in, in southern california but thank you so much for coming on to toy power we we loved having you on
3: well thank you this has been an absolute thrill i, I just had a blast
1: fantastic Beautiful. thank you thank and you i know we're really
4: limited for time but i would never forgive myself if i didn't say this thank you so much chris for what you sent to me last year the for those who don't know, the Masters Universe Origins He Man wrapped in Christmas wrapping paper <laughs> was yeah. beyond Wildest Dreams Come True. Um, so not expected, not not in any way required or or necessary, but he did it anyway. And and it really, really made my decade. And it came to me at a time when I was thinking, you know, um, you know, that perhaps that's the weak link of the show. You know, um, Trent with his Lego Masters, Ben and and um, and Frank with their IT prowess and their editing capabilities and that, and that perhaps I was, you know, the the obvious weak link of toy power. And you know, you know, what do I bring to the show? And then someone out of the blue just sends me something like that, like you know, just blew me away. Um, I can't thank you enough for it, and you know, but I wanted to mention it on this episode um uh, you know that you're on uh with thank us you. now
3: thank you i i, I had a, a lot of fun and by the, way, the the christmas wrap was because you guys had told me how terrible australia post was <laughs> I, I was assuming i was going to get there for christmas not in the middle of the summer
4: <laughs> that's funny uh we'll tell fresh that <laughs> but um yeah no, that funny. was that that was wicked um Thanks again, man. And um, for our, for yourself and for all our listeners all over the world, um, take care, stay safe, and, and stay well. And and we hope that your families and friends and all your loved ones do as well. And until next time, good journey!
5: You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com, where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but...
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs>